The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Right, welcome to MMA on the Rocks. This is episode number 41. Today is Sunday, April the 2nd. It's WrestleMania Sunday, which I don't particularly care about, but I know a lot of you might. And I also know one person who definitely does. And that is my trusty co-host, Jeff the Animal Wilson, who's joining us via Skype. Jeff, how are you doing on this WrestleMania Sunday? Bill, I feel awesome. I got all my work done that I need to take care of today. The weather is finally starting to warm up here in the Northeast. I'll take 60 over 1,000 feet of snow any day. And it's WrestleMania Sunday. It's the one time of the year that I watch pro wrestling anymore. But I feel like the the wrestling community and the MMA community have, have really meshed many times and really well over the past couple of years, uh, you had Ronda Rousey making appearances at WrestleMania, um, Brock Lesnar being really the first man to ever be both the WWE and the UFC heavyweight champion ever. So, yeah. you know, I feel like if you're an MMA fan and, you know, there's a, probably a little bit of a wrestling fan in you because at the end of the day, the promotions and the way they go about talking about fights and promoting them, they're the same BS. Oh, for sure. Uh, the UFC has definitely taken a few pages out of Vince McMahon's uh, marketing book. Uh, there's no denying that. I think Bellator may have taken a few or more pages out of that uh, marketing strategy book. Uh, I want to kick off, though, and talk about some technical difficulties we had last week because the audio quality was just not up to par for what you're all used to with MMA on the rock. So I want to apologize to everybody and I want to thank everybody who is sticking with us and returned for another week of episodes this week because the downloads keep increasing every week. So thank you for everybody who's listening out there. And as always, I'll put this at the beginning of this show. Feel free to contact either one of us with any of your thoughts or let us know what you're thinking and drinking out there. You can reach me at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or MMAontherocks.com. And, of course, you can get Jeff at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. We're always looking for some good conversation about MMA and definitely some new drink recipes. So apologies for the poor audio quality last week. And hopefully we've recovered from it. We were running into some technical difficulties today, but I think we, I think we got past it. We're through the storm now. Again, you know, we're not experts in anything except drinking alcohol. So I don't think you're tuning into this show for superior sound quality, but, you know, last week was, was especially bad. So we do apologize for that. So what's the deal with WrestleMania, Jeff? What's going on with it this year? What's like the main draw how how is the wwe selling this pay-per-view uh on this uh sunday evening well i'll be honest with you this year's wrestlemania to me at least has been a little strange 
Um, the main event is, at least to my knowledge, is Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, which, you know, if for those of you who do follow WWE, they've been building this up quite a bit. Um, Randy Orton was a member of Bray Wyatt's faction, uh, not of his own will initially, but then he kind of jumped in and he was with it. And then he kind of went back to being a silent rebel. Then Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble and Bray Wyatt won the WWE Championship. But it was weird because Bray Wyatt winning the championship, there was no setup. It kind of just happened. So I don't really like how they went about with um, giving Wyatt the championship. But the backstory for Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, for those who have been following, I imagine it's entertaining. I haven't been following pro wrestling as much as I used to because I realized that while these athletes are very gifted and they do put their bodies on the line, I'd rather watch two guys bloody each other up in the cage. Okay, so it sounds like the WWE is taking some marketing strategy from the UFC for the fact that they're just giving title shots to people for random reasons and that was a much more detailed response than i was actually expecting i don't know who either of those guys are so um i mean if you told me like hulk hogan was going to be there or which i i know this is this is a big wrestlemania because it's taking place here in florida it's a it's actually in orlando i was i was thinking about going just for nostalgia's sake but uh orlando is like a two-hour drive for me and then I, I think the, the tickets were super expensive, but you know it'd be cool to to check out some wrestling. We've we've talked some pro wrestling on the show in in the past, and you know we've had Sam Roberts on the show, who is a pro wrestling expert. Uh, if, if you're really into pro wrestling, you know check out Sam Roberts Wrestling podcast. I think it's the number one pro wrestling podcast on iTunes. In any case. There's that going on. But for those of you who are not watching WrestleMania and you're listening to this podcast, uh, we thank you because uh, I, I think the earlier we post on Sunday, the more of you listen. So I guess a lot of you are bored on Sundays. So like I said, while you're bored on Sundays, please do reach out to us on social media and let's let's engage in, in some MMA discussion. So with all that being said, let's talk about some MMA. There was a little bit of it going on this weekend. On Friday, there was Bellator 175, which was a very underwhelming card. It was not heavily promoted, uh, even though it had one of the biggest names in MMA history headlining it in Quentin Rampage Jackson, who, in my opinion, has consistently been one of the most entertaining fighters in and out of the cage uh, for as long as I can remember, from back in the days of Pride uh, uh, up through his time in Bellator where he was on a five-fight win streak and undefeated in the Bellator cage until Friday when he dropped a decision to Muhammad King Mo Lawal. So, Jeff, did you catch this card or did you catch this fight? And uh, what were your opinions on it? Either way, whether you watched it or not. Bill, I cannot tell a lie. I did not watch this card because, honestly, I wasn't 
that interested. And I know last week I spent half the episode convincing you to get interested in it. But then it came around to watching the car, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather go bowling. So, <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I hope you did well and you had some, some delicious drinks while you were bowling. But, um, yeah, I didn't catch this one either, so I just watched the highlights. A lot of people were talking about the weigh-ins. So Rampage Jackson fought at light heavyweight for his entire career, and this fight came up, and as it was getting closer, he basically came out and said, yeah, I'm not going to make 205, so let's make this a catchweight fight. And so it basically became a heavyweight contest. And at the weigh-ins, King Mo was still pretty close to 205. I think he weighed in around 212. So I didn't realize that he's not a very large light heavyweight. I mean, if he's only walking around at 212 and he doesn't need to cut weight to make 205, um, maybe he can drop down to middleweight. I I thought he was a little bit bigger. But the the story that people were talking about is Rampage Jackson weighing in at 253 pounds. For a guy who fought at 205 his entire career, that's nearly a 50-pound increase from what he normally fights at. Um, I, I thought it was a lot at first, but then I realized that, you know, Rampage probably walked around at 235 or 240 uh, when he wasn't fighting. And then, you know, he would drop weight when it got closer to a fight, and then he would cut weight and would look really shredded at the weigh-ins. I didn't think he looked fat at the weigh-ins. A lot of people were making comments that he looked fat, but it did look like his skin was at capacity and and about ready to stretch or or burst or uh, I don't know whatever skin does at that uh, breaking point there. But yeah, pretty much fifty pounds heavier than he's fought at for his entire career. Um, but he was still able to go to the distance with with King Mo. Uh, I think all the judges had it twenty nine twenty eight for King Mo. So Mo took Rampage down in the first round and controlled the fight there. In the second round, King Mo got wobbled uh, by some big Rampage punches and uh, was able to recover. And then he came back with some impressive striking combinations in the third round and uh, won the fight two rounds to one. So any reaction to the whole weight storyline with Rampage and... Uh, are you looking forward to seeing Rampage ever fight again, Jeff? Bill, the whole weight thing, we've I think we've beat this horse to death at this point. You know, we're not fans of, of fighters not making weight. And it doesn't seem like an impossible task for Rampage. I feel like maybe he didn't take this fight as seriously as he should have. Um, probably because he, had, he already has that win over King Mo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what you do at this point. I, Of course, Rampage is entertaining, and we love watching him talk trash and howl and growl at people. It's awesome. So, I, you know, I'll watch Rampage fight again. But I think that a part of me is also starting to realize that Rampage has been in the game for a while. And, you know, he's, he's taken some beatings. Uh, from Vanderlei Silva and uh, John Jones. So 
I don't know how many fights he's got left in him at this point. Yeah. Um, I would equate it to like a designated hitter in baseball. So like a guy who played baseball his whole career and he was a big-time star and then they let him be a designated hitter uh, later in his career so he can come in every now and then and, and hit a home run or you know get a big hit and that's pretty much all he's there to do. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Rampage kind of take on that role and just stay at heavyweight and come in at 250 pounds and you know maybe he can knock somebody out in the first round and and maybe he can run out of gas and you know keep in mind he he was on a five fight win streak he hadn't lost in bellator and he did go the distance in this fight so even though he's 38 or 39 and he's put on some weight uh, he's still dangerous uh, i mean he's a guy who has and you know they say power's the last thing to go so I wouldn't mind if he stayed at heavyweight and they just make some interesting matchups with guys who will just, you know, stand and bang with him. And, um, you know, I think using him in that capacity would be wise. Now, apparently King Mo is going to take on former UFC fighter Ryan Bader, who just um, signed with Bellator very recently. Any thoughts on this fight, Jeff? Especially f- the the interesting thing to me about it is finding out that King Mo is not that big of a light heavyweight and Ryan Bader is pretty big obviously he has more experience with with top-notch competition coming from the UFC and uh coming off a big win over Alir Latifi in his last fight uh who dove for a takedown and, and ate a big knee from Ryan Bader so uh any thoughts on this fight does this intrigue you at all Jeff it does but I feel like it's a bad move for King Mo. I feel like Ryan Bader has improved his striking a lot since his early days in the UFC. Sure. I feel like his wrestling is top notch. You know, he, I believe he was an NCAA Division One wrestler. And I think he was a football player too. So I don't know I don't know if King Mo wants to to take that fight, you know. Um I don't think it's a good move on his part. Yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah, sorry, but I'll keep going. No, it's all right. Um, it'll be a it'll be a payday for King Mo, and um, you know, one of the more recognizable names that he's ever fought because he doesn't have a whole lot of those on his resume, uh, aside from Rampage. So, I think it's a dangerous fight for Bader because if he comes over from the UFC, especially coming after coming off a big win, and it. You know, with everything that he went through, saying that he he thinks he's worth more, and that's why he had to leave the UFC because they weren't paying him enough. And then if he comes over to Bellator and and loses to what is probably considered a C-list light heavyweight at best in King Mo, um, that doesn't look good on him. Uh, the only other thing that happened on that Bellator 175 card is uh, Sergey Karatanov uh, knocked out Chase Gormley in the first round in what was a very sloppy uh, heavyweight fight. But the only reason I bring that up is because Karatanov might be a suitable contender to face uh, Rampage Jackson. And then there were some uh, young and -and up-and-coming guys who had some impressive uh, finishes on that card, but I don't remember their names. So um, they're not up-and-coming that quickly. But what I... What is coming up quickly is UFC 210, which 
I am getting increasingly excited about. It's headlined, of course, by a light heavyweight championship rematch between Daniel Cormier and Anthony Rumble Johnson. So we kind of touched on this card lightly last week, but let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into it. What are your thoughts on this main event, Jeff? Well, let's let's kick it off there. I'm excited for this main event, and the rest of the card isn't too appealing, to me at least, but this main event looks awesome. I'm really excited. Anthony Johnson has changed his preparation for Daniel Cormier. You know, they've been in the octagon once already. He learned quickly that that first round, trying to wing at him and knock him out in the first round, is not going to work. DC, credit to him, as much as we've criticized him on the show, or at least as much as I've criticized him, mm-hmm. um, he, he's got a tough chin. He didn't get knocked out, and he took some huge shots from Johnson in their first fight. So I'm curious to see if Johnson focused more on cardio, if he maybe focused more on power training, and maybe maybe he didn't. Maybe that I, I, can, I can't knock him out uh, mentality never stuck. So maybe Johnson is going to try the same strategy again. So I'm curious to see that. And then Daniel Cormier, I think the game plan is the same for him. He already won the first fight. Yeah, he basically said that he just needs to survive the first uh, seven minutes or so with Anthony Johnson. I don't imagine Johnson's game plan is going to change that much. I think he's kind of counting on Cormier's chin getting a little weaker with age. Uh, It has been a while since they fought. I think it's been two years. And Cormier has been out of action for a long time now. I think think over a year since the last time he's fought. Um, So... I, it'll be interesting, and John Jones, uh, his suspension has been lifted early, so he's definitely um, in line to fight the winner of this matchup. Uh, it, I think even though Cormier won the first fight, I think it's a tall order for him to take out Anthony Johnson just because he's got so many distractions. Uh, he's He's pushing 40 years old, and... You know, he's getting more into the broadcasting realm, so I don't know if that's detracted from his training at all. Uh, one of his main training partners for the first time these two fought was Kane Velasquez, who uh, has been injured. So I don't believe he had Kane in his training camp, which I think will definitely affect it because, you know, Kane's one of the bigger, stronger guys, uh, high level guys that's training over there at AKA with Daniel Cormier, but, you know, he does have a win over him, and listen, you know, love him or hate him, Daniel Cormier is one of the greatest fighters, uh, you know, in the history of the sport. I mean, his only loss is to John Jones. It was a decision to a, a guy who's never been beaten in the octagon and who a lot of people think is the greatest of all time, and, you know, he's fought at heavyweight, and he's he's manhandled heavyweights, and he's really had a great career that, for whatever reason, has flown under the radar. And we've talked about this many times. I think it has to do with the fact that he wants to be liked so bad that people don't like him. And, you know, that's the long and the short of it. So any other thoughts on this main event before we dive into the rest of the card, Jeff? 
Yeah, just to follow up on what you said about uh, Cain Velasquez being injured, you gotta you gotta figure that guy, Cain Velasquez, is very few men in the world in the heavyweight division can keep up a pace that Cain Velasquez can. Yeah. So that's a huge disadvantage to not have him in your corner, you know. And I think that that is definitely that was that aspect of his training was something that helped him to to be ready for rumble johnson mm-hmm. to be able to make it past those seven minutes like you said is is that this crazy cardio that game velasquez has so you know it's going to be interesting i don't think it's going to be the same fight i really hope johnson does not come in with that same strategy because it will not work but like you said credit to dc you know as much as I've criticized him, and I'm not a huge fan of him. He's had an illustrious career, you know. He's even in wrestling. He almost won an Olympic gold medal. He is a former Strikeforce heavyweight champion, and now he's the UFC's light heavyweight champion. So yeah, it'll be a different fight. It's a shame that he has he has an asterisk next to all these things. You know, almost an Olympic medalist, almost an NCAA champion. He he lost to Kale uh, Sanderson. In the, in the finals of the NCAA championship. He is the UFC light heavyweight champion, but, you know, there's an asterisk there because he didn't win it from John Jones. He won an interim belt after John Jones was suspended. So even if he defends against Anthony Johnson and come and faces John Jones, if he loses to John Jones again, you know, d- does that leave an asterisk on his championship s- status in the eyes of a lot of fans? Um, you know, who don't really particularly care for him. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he really wants people to care for him. Um, but, yeah, I think we've uh, we've uh, driven that point into the ground. Uh, in any case, I think the Cain Velasquez thing is going to be the X factor because there's a huge psychological aspect to this sport, as we all know. So... If you don't have some of the tools that you had the first time you defeated a guy, that might get in your head and mess with your psychology a little bit, which leads into the co-main event where psychology, I feel, is going to play a huge part, and that's Chris Weidman against Gegard Mousasi. So Mousasi called out Chris Weidman, and um, you know Mousasi's been on a bit of a tear lately, and a lot of people think that he is potentially the best middleweight in the world. And Weidman is coming off two losses. So is the psychology going to play a factor there? Because here's a guy in Chris Weidman who is underrated and undefeated his entire career, knocked out Anderson Silva. People were still doubting him, beat Anderson Silva again, and then took out a few more legends in between and afterwards. But then was handed his first loss uh, against Luke Rockhold. And then in his comeback fight was dominating Yoel Romero for two rounds and doing very well against him until he dove for a takedown on the wrong leg and got caught with a huge knee from hell and was knocked out again. So what is the mental state of Chris Weidman going into this fight and if psychology is your biggest problem then I would imagine the last guy in the world you'd want to fight 
is Gegard Mousasi, who just has ice water running through his veins. This guy has zero emotion 100% of the time. Um, you know, two or three years ago, you would you would predict that Chris Weidman would run through him, but after everything he's been through in the last two years, what's his mind state like going into this fight? And can he deal with the emotionless Musasi? What's your take on this fight, Jeff? This is a tough one to call. Gegard Musasi is coming off of four straight wins. He just uh, recovered a loss, well, got revenge for a loss against Uriah Hall in absolutely devastating fashion where he just knocked him out in the first round, Mm -hmm. took him down, and just, you know, beat the holy crap out of him. So, you know, you have a confident gay guard, Musazi, and like you said, this dude's got ice in his blood, man. He's like um, that Russian dude from uh, Rocky IV, made <laughs> by Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I believe his name was Ivan Drago. Yeah. Now, I, I always I always compare him to gay guard, Musazi, because this dude just, he's a machine in there. And he, like you said, he has no emotions. The only time he really gets fired up is when he loses. I mean, his last loss was to Uriah Hall. Then he got three straight wins and a fourth one against Uriah Hall. So, he's on a tear. Yeah, for sure. And just a side note, I was actually at the fight uh, when he lost to Uriah Hall. That was that was USC fight night in Japan at the Saitama Arena, which I- I've talked about that experienced many times in the podcast before in past episodes and um i feel like we've had a lot of nostalgia on this episode and i think there's more coming because uh i know the beer talk we're gonna have uh after we're done talking about fighting uh because you were texting me some pictures of the beers you were drinking over the weekend so and i know what i've been drinking this weekend and there's definitely going to be some nostalgia involved there um so yeah, I think it's a tall order for Chris Weidman. I think if you're trying to bounce back from a two-fight losing streak and the game has gotten in your head a little bit and maybe your mind's not exactly where it needs to be, this is not the guy that you want to be standing across from because you don't know what's going on in his head. Uh, the guy is just a stone-cold killer. And like you said, he's on a tear, which is a great point. He he took the match against Uriah Hall, even though he passed Uriah Hall in the rankings. He didn't need to take that fight, and he called him out anyway because he wanted to redeem the loss, and he definitely did. Uh, so another fight I want to touch on, uh, Will Brooks, who came over with a lot of momentum from Bellator and pretty much lost it pretty swiftly. I think he broke a rib in his last fight, and... Uh, got TKO'd. He's fighting Charles Oliveira. I, I think this is an interesting matchup. Uh, any thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, this is really interesting. I don't know too much about Will Brooks' style, but Charles Oliveira is, you know, he's got a couple of losses in recent memory, but those have all been against tough competition. Uh, Frankie Edgar, Anthony Pettis, just to name a few. But Charles Oliveira is super dangerous on the ground. He's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and we've talked about legit black belts on this show and mm-hmm. guys who who have just earned a black belt, sure. but Charles Oliveira is a legit black belt, and he's very dangerous, Bill. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really interesting matchup. Uh, Will Brooks, uh, 
has a decent wrestling pedigree from what I understand, um, but he may not want to use that. Uh, his last fight was against another Oliveira in uh, Cowboy Oliveira, I believe. And uh, I think he had his rib broken in that fight, and he couldn't continue. So unfortunate for him, especially you know coming over with so much steam. Uh, a couple of other fights kind of stand out on this card, but uh, I want to jump down to the bottom of the card because it's the fight that stands out the most to me, and that's Tiago Alves moving back up to welterweight uh, after failing to make weight at UFC 205 in New York against Jim Miller and then losing the fight. So he's moving back up to welterweight. Uh, you and I are both not fans of guys missing weight, and I hate to give second, third, fourth, and fifth chances to people, but it is a very interesting matchup. He's fighting Patrick Cote, who we all know dropped down from middleweight. Uh, so they should be fairly evenly sized because Tiago Alves is a guy who even struggled to make weight at 170 when he was fighting there in the past, uh, which begs the question, why did he ever attempt to go down to lightweight? Uh, it seemed like a ridiculous choice. Um, so Patrick Ote, Tiago Alves, what are you thinking about this one, Jeff? This will be interesting. Tiago Alves is a dangerous guy. Um, and Patrick Cote is coming off a loss to Donald Cerrone, uh, which if you remember, I I want to say it was a mean head kick. I know he was knocked out, yep. but I can't remember exactly how. But, you, you know, th this will be interesting. I don't know. T I can't remember too much of Patrick Cote that stood out to me, but I've always enjoyed watching Tiago Alves' fights because he's pretty crazy. He just goes in there with, you know, unbelievable reckless abandon and he's just gonna swing for the fences so it should be a fun fight yeah for sure patrick cote he's one of these guys who you know unfortunately there was a lot of tragedy in his career he did fight for the middleweight championship against anderson silva at one point and uh he was doing fairly well he was holding his own with anderson and then it was just one of those freak things where his knee blew out and uh you know, his, I think he dislocated his kneecap in the middle of the fight, and it was pretty gruesome. Um, so that wound up being a TKO. And, you know, Anderson Silva has always been involved in a lot of these weird kind of fights, but I think it's a very interesting matchup. Um, a lot of the rest of the card is, you know, fairly unknown fighters, which usually makes for exciting fight so i'm looking forward to this one i'm planning my whole weekend around watching it um and i suggest you all do the same all right if there's nothing else in the world of mma jeff uh let's talk a little bit of booze because you were texting me what you were drinking over the weekend and i was quite intrigued so i i gotta hand it to you you've definitely stepped your craft beer game up uh, since uh, we started this podcast 40-some-odd episodes ago. And now, you know, we're well into the 40s. If episodes were years, uh, we would be uh, well into the dad bod phase of our lives right now. But, um, you know, luckily we're both still young and shredded. But let's talk about some craft beer. So what were you sipping on this weekend, Jeff? 
Give me one second, but I took a picture of it, but I can't remember the name. I know that it was a New Belgium beer. It was called Voodoo... Give me two seconds here. New Belgium Voodoo... Voodoo Ranger. Okay. And I, I just really... I, I saw the, the cover, and it looked really cool because it's got a skeleton on it. And you know what? I, that I have a thing for drinks with skeletons on them. Seems to be. Um, you had that... Uh... That tequila a couple of weeks ago with the skeleton. Yeah, I don't know what it is. The skeletons on on booze, it just, it just they just go well. But anyway, um, so it it's a beer from New Belgium. It's called Voodoo Ranger, and it reminded me a lot of the Fat Tire that um, that New Belgium releases. It had that IPA. It is an IPA. It had that real bitter hoppiness to it. So this is a bit more bitter, but at the end, there was a little pop of citrus. I can't put my finger on what it was. I want to say it was like grapefruit or something, mm. but uh, there was a little pop at the end that was really nice. So I really enjoyed this one. I was nursing it for a while just because I was really enjoying it. Well, you know, that's a good thing. You know, if you're putting them back too quick, then, you know, maybe it's not the highest quality beer. But New Belgium, I feel like they... Um, <laughs> they they don't really put out anything I've found to be disappointing. I'm a big fan of Fat Tire, um, which I would say is their their flagship beer. I think we've talked about it on the show in the past. I prefer Flat Tire on draft, which um, unless you're in the Carolinas, it, it's pretty rare to find Fat Tire on draft. But if you can find it on draft, then um, I highly recommend trying it that way uh, as opposed to bottle but uh you, you know it's it's delicious out of the bottle as well so yeah new belgium definitely uh, a favorite brewery of the show and um another brewery i want to talk about since you were talking about the ipas and the, the bitterness and it reminded me of the beer i'm holding in my hand right now which um uh, you and i went to this brewery while you were here visiting a couple of months ago, and that is uh, Cigar City Brewery in Tampa. And I don't think we talked about this brewery on the show before, and I'm not sure why, because they have some awesome beers. So what I'm drinking right now is a High Lie, and it's an IPA. I think it's their most um, recognized beer that they put out. It's actually brewed by Oscar Blues. So... Cigar City Brewery is, I want to call it a sister brewery of Oscar Blues. So Oscar Blues is uh, another North Carolina slash Colorado brewery. And uh, they're known for their Dale's Pale Ale, which happens to be, um, you know, one of my favorite beers. I, I, would put it, I would put it in my top five easily. So... They brew this beer for Cigar City. I guess they came up with the recipe together. I don't really know what the relationship is there, but it's got a, a green and orange can. It really sticks out, and it's a really delicious IPA. It's really light, really fresh tasting. Uh, it goes great with spicy food, uh, and even says on the can you could pair it with deviled crabs, which I know what deviled eggs are. I have no idea what deviled crabs are, but... It sounds either tasty or like a venereal disease. Either way, 
I wouldn't mind trying it. <laughs> For being honest, um, yeah. So, Jeff, usually I talk about what I drink. You talk about what you drink. But uh, you have been to Cigar City Brewery. So, uh, what are your thoughts on their beverages? I enjoyed the the, the beer I had when I was there, but. I cannot remember what it was. I know it was something citrusy because I like uh, citrusy IPAs, but I can't for the life of me remember. It was many, many beers ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there has been a lot that have come and gone since then. And, uh, you know, we can't always remember. That's why this uh, this podcast is going to be like our own personal booze diary when we're, uh, when we're old <laughs> men, uh, <laughs> retired and sitting on a a porch in rocking chairs somewhere, um, probably watching MMA that's going to be projected on the clouds with some <laughs> some kind of new device. I, I, I'm getting a little carried away here. But, uh, yeah, Cigar City, awesome brewery. They make some really solid beer. And uh, that's the recommendation for the week. And I was actually I was smoking a cigar last night, and... You know they're popular down here. Obviously, Tampa is uh, known as Cigar City, which explains the name of the brewery. Um, so there's some awesome uh, Cuban cigar shops in Tampa and in Ybor City, which is a neighborhood of Tampa. Jeff, I know you uh, you checked out a couple of those cigar shops with me while you were here visiting. Um, Highlight is actually a beer that goes rather nicely with a cigar and i i'm of the opinion that liquor goes better with cigars you know i like a nice whiskey either neat or or on the rocks uh while smoking a cigar i I just feel like it pairs a little bit better it handles the the dry mouth a little bit better than a beer does but um highlight goes pretty nicely with a cigar so i was sipping on a highlight last night uh while smoking a cigar, and um, it, you know they went they went pretty nicely together. Um, so Jeff, you got anything else in the realm of booze or fighting or wrestling or otherwise? You know, um, I gotta agree with you with the cigar thing because when I was there visiting in December, we had I think it was like an eighteen year old Scotch, mm-hmm. and it went so well with. Uh, the cigars we had picked up in Ybor City, which in itself was an adventure because I don't know if you remember this, Bill, but after we picked up the cigars, we were driving back to Tampa and we found this one street just raided by chickens. Yeah. I I found out later on that that's a thing. There's wild chickens that roam Ybor City and that's... uh, They're, like, known for that. So a lot of restaurants and things are branded with like roosters and and chickens and and things like that and like they're not just like regular chickens these are like beautiful looking prize chickens that are just roaming the streets wild and they just walk around you know as a squirrel or a raccoon would you know back in the northeast which or a skunk which i've come to find out that apparently there are no skunks in florida but um yeah the chicken thing was interesting um in any case 
Uh, we love hearing from you guys, so please reach out if you have any opinions on the MMA or otherwise or, or new and interesting drinks. We're, we're always open to trying new things, and um, even though lately we've been, we've been trying some of the same things and we've been going to some of the same breweries, so if you have some suggestions, please let us know. Reach out on social media, and uh, thank you to everybody who's been tuning in uh, at an increasing rate, you know, the downloads have been going up every week, which is awesome. I mean, for some reason, people want to continue listening to this, and we enjoy doing it. So uh, thank you to everybody. And if you are digging the show, you know, please leave us a rating on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast platform is. And again, just reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking and drinking. And that's all we got for this WrestleMania Sunday so enjoy the wrestling if that's what you're into and if not enjoy whatever you're doing for this sunday afternoon and for the rest of the week cheers everybody goodbye <laughs>